All right. Y'all ready for this morning? I'm ready for this morning. Last week we talked about love. We talked about how, and I'm, I'm taking it that we're good in the back, right? Amy? We're good. Awesome. Well, we've got our live stream folks that uh, just want to say hello this morning. But last week we talked about love. And we talked about that love, the agape kind of love, the God kind of love is the kind of love that chooses. See, we can go with the brotherly love. We can say, hey, I like you. You know, there's people that I don't like that I love. And you go, well, why don't you like them? Well, it's because there's nothing about them that is like me. I'm, I'm just being serious. I mean, you can think of people that you may have that are family members, that are, that are friends, people at work, and you like some people to talk to. You know, I got, a bunch, I got some teens in here. You know, the teens are sitting there going, well, I like to hang out with my friends and I like to tell, you know, I like to talk to them about the things that I like to talk to them about. And you go, well, what about people that aren't like you? Well, I don't really like to talk to them because they don't like what I like. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. that I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you that there is something that, that you've got to like everybody. The answer is no to that, by the way. But you know what? We can love everyone. We can choose each and every person that's in our life. And you go, well, should I not strive to like? No, we strive to love. Because like is something that after a while, I will find stuff to like you about. You know, there was a, 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 a manager that was at my work, and I didn't really like them a lot. In the last couple of years, I have grown to get to know them. And see, when we get to know each other, that's when we can have the brotherly love. And you're going, well, Dusty, that sounds like you flipped love upside down, that we should, you know, I've always been taught all my life, when I was a kid, I'll just tell you, when I was a kid, I was taught that you like somebody, and then when you get into like, then you love somebody. No, 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 that's not the way it works. I met Heather. All right. I thought she looked good. I'll tell you what. I was like going, whoo, baby. But do you know that this is the thing? I had the lust first, right? And then, yeah, hallelujah. I hear you, Ray. But I will tell you, I mean, I'm sitting there going, whoo, she looked good. But do you know that, that, I didn't have anything in common, really, other than we love Jesus. I found out she was into music. I was into music. You know that we had some things that we grew to become in common, but I chose her. I chose her. All you people with people you choose. There's some days where I have to choose her more than others. It goes both ways, baby. It does, because living with this is a problem sometimes, because I'm needy. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I'm just like everybody else. I've got my things that I want to do, and that's one of the reasons why when I say that if you go into a relationship and you're not giving 100, 100, everybody goes, well, everybody gives 50, 50. You better not give 50, 50, because most people live their life with a 30 to 40% deficit. And so now if you're giving 10-10, 
into the relationship or less, then you're going to be in a problem. See, when you give 100, 100, that means that I go beyond what I want to do and I choose them above myself. Oh, come on now. There should be some amen and woo, I'm going to choose other people. Now our flesh goes, no, I don't want to choose anybody. I want them to choose me and I want them to teach. I want them to do what I want them to do. I need some more water right here. There it is. I'm a little parched. You know that one of the things I want you to understand is that God's kind of love is the kind of love that said, I chose you when you were unchoosable. I chose you when you had nothing and I gave you everything. See, that's the God kind of love. That's the kind of love that we give into each other. When I don't like you, I still love you. I still choose you. So that was what last week was about, just to give you kind of a, a recap. But I want you to understand that part of it, because if you didn't hear that, then I want to, I want to give you two areas today about love that I want you to understand, because there's going to be some people here that you may not have ever heard about the gifts of the Spirit. You may not have understood how God works in, in our lives, where that super touches the natural. And we're going to kind of talk about that, but we're going to talk about the root of all that and about where we need to be at. And one of the things that, that we have to understand up front is before we can get to love, we have to understand that when we see God... When we know who God is, or we start trying to follow God, most of the times we're trying to just serve God. How many people has just served God? You've not really taken the time to let God be God in your life. I have. Man, you want to talk about if I got to get up every single morning and I got to go to work and then I got to get this message together and I got to go do all these other things and we got to come up here and clean the church and we got to go out and then all of a sudden people are calling me and saying, Dusty, I need to talk to you about something because these things are happening in my life. There's a lot of times I go, man, there's a whole lot more serve on the other side than just I'm being loved. And see... That's what I want you to understand is that God is not calling us to just serve him. He's not calling us just to be in his presence from the perspective of, I need to be the man of the power for this very hour. You know, there's a lot of people that they, you see these ministers that are on TV or whatever, and they've got, they've got a lot of things going for them. And they've had a lot of good things that have happened out of their ministry. But do you know that, they still are not chosen above all y'all. Amen. Amen. They've been chosen for something. And if you found out what their lives were like outside of that, they're having to spend a whole lot of time with the Lord because all that stuff you saw on TV for like 30 minutes or less, there was 80, 150 hours, whatever it was that was going on beyond that. You got to see the best version of whatever they wanted to show you on TV. You know what? You may be getting the best version of what you wanted to see from Dusty this morning, but Dusty can mess up. Dusty has his own faults and everything. And see, I want you to understand these things because God is not calling us to be perfect in the flesh. 
God is calling us to be perfect in love, to choose. Will this work? Ah. So I'm going to start out with the spiritual things because the spiritual things are going to build upon the things that we need to talk about from a love perspective. Some of you have gone to churches where they may have never taught you about spiritual things. If you hear some of these, if 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 has not ever been taught to you, then you're going to get a part of this. I'm not going to go into great detail and depth. Maybe I will one day. But what I want you to understand is where we need to, we, where we need to find ourselves. We need to balance between God's love for us and what we're doing for Him. And some of us need to go beyond what we're doing for Him and let Him use us in certain ways. You are usable. We talked about this the other day. We talked about how some people feel condemned because they've never been loved. You know, if you've never been loved or if you don't know God loves you and all you see is the the servant side of everything, then all you're going to do is work out of the things that you know. And if it's all service then you're going to do it very poorly. But it's just like I have children, and my children know that I love them. I tell tell Kaylee and Caleb almost every day, I love you. Kaylee doesn't live with me anymore, so it's kind of hard for me to tell her every day. But every day she did live with me. I, I told her every morning, every night, I love you. I love you. I told her that she was beautiful, and I told her that she had God had a plan for her life. I tell Caleb every single day, I love you. God has a plan for your life. You're going to have a good life. Amen. Amen. You know why? Because I want them to know that not only I love them, but that God loves them. So we need to understand that there are things that are out of our control that will come at us, and we need God more than ever. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1-6, through 6, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts... Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So Paul right here is trying to tell them, hey, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be stupid, you know, have this stupid mentality about spiritual things. Because we can have, we can go and watch somebody on TV or we can have an experience. And some people have had good experiences and some people have had bad experiences. You know why? Because the bad ones typically was because somebody was in the flesh. We had a guy a couple of years ago came to a church that I was working with and he was all about prophecy and he was telling me and Heather about our future. And you know what? I just flat out told him, that's awful. I don't agree with that. He was pretty shocked by it too. But do you know that this is the thing? If God doesn't tell you first, see the prophecy is to uphold and to build the things that God's already put on the inside of you. And see, what we've done is we've gotten into the flesh more than we've gotten into the Spirit. And the Spirit of God talks to you and also talks to other people. I think we were having a little bit of a discussion where somebody was, you know, where where we've had people go, hey, I'm going to come to the church. And then all of a sudden you have other people that says, hey, I, I know about Identity Church. Why don't you come over here? You know that in those particular moments, you're already thinking, hey, I'm going to go to Identity Church. No one came in and said, I'm changing your life. Go to this place and do this thing. That was kind of the way the Old Testament was. Do you know why? 
Because the people before Jesus died on the cross did not have the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm sending the Comforter. That means that the Comforter wasn't here. God only put His Spirit and His mantle on certain people. Elijah calls fire down from heaven. You know why he called fire down from heaven? Is because he was in the flesh. Do you know that the thing is, is that he told Elijah though that I will not let your words hit the ground. So God was bound by that, by His Holy Spirit being upon Elijah. In fact, later on you find out that God sent the fire and He sent the wind and He did all the other things. And He said, I'm not in any of that. But what did He say? I'm in the still small voice. You know what? The still small voice is talking to you every single day. You know about it before anybody else will ever tell you. So when we start talking about prophecy, I want you to understand that the spiritual gifts, don't be ignorant because God's going to let you in on the secret before somebody else. We don't live in a time where the Holy Spirit is not available to you. He is in you. He is working through you. All right, does everybody understand that? So I can move on with this because I want to make sure that everybody has got this. All right, verse two. And if we keep going like this, we'll be here until four o'clock this afternoon. So I just got to keep moving. I think some people said, I'm just going to leave. Okay. So 1 Corinthians 12, two says, "You you know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols Uh, however you were led. So basically idols are dumb and stupid. No, they didn't talk back. These idols were just figurines that they put up. And it says in verse 3, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaks by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one who can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Do you know that when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to you and He talked to you first? Do you know that if I was to witness to somebody today, it's not because I'm a great evangelist that they're going to get saved. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is working with them and talking to them and I am working with them and for the Holy Spirit? Do you know that it is a dual working? The Holy Spirit and man. And see, that's what we have to understand is that some people believe God is sovereign in everything. God is sovereign. He's strong. He's powerful. He could destroy us, boom, like that. But sovereignty does not mean that he's controlling us like a bunch of puppets. No, he's telling everybody from a sovereignty perspective that I have given you dominion. If you go back and look at Genesis chapter 1 through 3, you will find out that God gave dominion to man. And now God works with us on the earth. See, that's the beauty of this relationship is God doesn't do it for us. He does it with us. In fact, it says here in verse 4, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. you got to understand... That there are gifts and there are ministries and there are things that we see out here in the world. 
You know that before I was called to be a minister, I tried to preach. I was horrible. It was bad, bad, bad. And some of y'all may be looking at me and going, it's not much better now, Dusty, but I'm a better version of where I was at. But see, this is what I want you to understand is that there are things and gifts that are in you that are not in me. There are things God's going to call you to do that I could never do. See, there are no super dupers. There are just people who are willing to say yes. And then let's skip down to verse 27. And it says, um, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First, the apostle, second, the prophet, third, the teacher. And then you got fourth is miracles. Then the gifts of healings, the helps, the administration, and these variety of tongues. Now I'm going to hit each one of these really quick because I want you to understand. So I didn't have somebody come start this church and then they handed it off to me as the pastor and the teacher. So I was in the apostleship and still kind of am because I'm helping to build this church. Now my giftings are going to be more into the the, the, the teachings and things like that. That's where I, God has really called me to do. But an apostle goes out before everything and helps get things started. That's really what an apostle does. When they said the apostle Paul, they sent him and Silas or they sent you know, him and Barnabas out. And he went out and he started churches. It means that he preached and he taught and he got all of that until he found somebody that was called to take it over. So I look at it from the perspective that you may be in a place or a position where God actually calls you to do something, to go start something. You know, I I look at like Charlie and Reba. They are apostling with me. Heather is apostling with me. My parents are apostling. Joanne is apostling. She was here from the very beginning. She's back there slinging food for you guys. You know that this is all what an apostle does is they go in and they say, let's get this thing started. You know, a lot of times we go, oh, that's, that's, an, that's something that's amazing. You have to be called to that in a way that's, you know, like Paul. No, I've seen plenty of people that <clears throat> they didn't have any, any major, you know, explosions. They didn't have uh, great orator type, you know, uh, talents. All they did was they just said, I'm going to show up. I'm going to pay money uh, to help get the church started. I'm going to go and I'm going to try to find somebody to teach. I've seen it happen. We actually did that at Jacksonville. The um, Faith Temple was, man, they were in a bad place. Financially, they only had nine people when we showed up. And they had a facility that was huge. <clears throat> we go in there and uh, Pastor Jim McCann Fourth goes in and he basically was an apostle. He came in, he taught, he got the thing built back up. And then two and a half years later, he handed it over to Pastor Frank that's there now. Well, Pastor Frank was one of the nine that was in the congregation. And God was calling him the whole time. But he did not have the calling gift of the apostle. 
See, a lot of times we sit there back and go, well, why didn't he just stand up and do what he was supposed to do? It's because he didn't know how to do that because somebody else was called to be the apostle, to come in and get it started and to get things going. And then when he handed it over to Pastor Frank, man, that thing, they got like 60, 80 people that's going consistently on a Sunday. And you're thinking, wow, what if Frank had just started this a long time ago? Well, wasn't his call. They were going through a transition and they needed an apostle to get it going. See, this is what I want you to understand is that you have the ability in you to do whatever God calls you to do. Oh, I don't speak real well. That's exactly what Moses told God too. Send Aaron. Goodness, I can't even speak good. You know, this is one of the things that happens is we get ourselves into a place to where we say, I can't. Well, God is saying you can. I'll say, I want to hit, hit a couple of these. Okay, so miracles. Miracle is something that comes out of nothing. So if you're needing a miracle, that means you don't have something and God's going to have to make it happen. All right? Things like healings, which is the next one. <clears throat> you have been created to heal. Everybody in here, you got white blood cells, you got all the different things. And sometimes they don't work real good. So we need a healing. We need God himself to anoint that healing because it goes beyond what the body was created for. That's not a miracle. I've had a lot of people go, we need a miracle in this healing. No, you need healing. You just need to be healed. The miracle is something's coming out of nothing. It's like, you know, uh, Elijah, when the... You know, when the widow woman is over there and she's using the oil and she's using the flour and it just keeps being produced over and over and over again. That's a miracle because it was nothing becoming something. Amen. I just, maybe that helps somebody. Maybe it didn't. Maybe y'all don't care. But anyway, <clears throat> helps. Man, I got plenty of people around here that are helping. You guys are called to it administrations. I'm going to tell you what, Heather's got a lot of callings on her life, but she's got an administrative call. It's awesome. She sits there and says, Dusty, you didn't do this. You better go do it. And I say, yes, ma'am. She's my administrator. (laughs) And then varieties of tongues. So this word is very interesting. And I don't like the way that it was. I don't like the way that it was put in there because people are like, well, it's a variety of tongues, which means that it's like speaking multiple languages. Well, I speak English and I speak French and I speak German. But that's not what this word is. This word right here is genos, and it's where we get the word genome that is used today. It's sort of like our DNA, right? It is something that comes out of the spirit. That's all this means. So when you're talking about tongues, then you're saying that it is tongues that came from an offspring of the Spirit. Verse 29, it says, and all the apostles, are all apostles? And the answer is no. And are all prophets? The answer is no. And are all teachers? The answer is no. Are all the work, are, are all workers of miracles? The answer is No. Verse 30 says, do all have gifts of healing? And the answer is no. Okay? Now I'm going to stop for just a second. Do we have healing that we can go grab? And the answer is we can. That's a promise. 
But for me to go lay hands on you because the Lord said, I need to lay hands on somebody in order for them to be healed, that's different than this. I can believe God for my healing, okay? I can go to 1 Peter 2.24, I can go to Matthew chapter 8, I can go all these different places and say that God Himself anointed Jesus to go about and heal the sick. Well, Jesus has that healing that's in the Holy Spirit. But see, this is what I want you to understand is that you may actually need something where you don't have faith for it. You can't do it. And God tells me to lay hands on somebody or tells you to go lay hands because he is directing you to go lay hands on somebody because there is a gift for healing for that moment. Does that make sense to everybody? The difference between the two. See, some... Sometimes I think that we don't take enough time to think through these. And we just go, miracles, healing, it's all the same. And see, the gifts are so in variety that we need to understand when things are going to be used. Because I can't just jimmy up a a miracle. I can't just go, Lord, call me right now to go and lay hands on Heather for for her to be healed. But I can go and agree with her. Because that's what in Matthew and in John says, that if any two shall agree on earth, that it shall be done for them as it is by my Father which is in heaven. That's different, right? So I'm going to move on. But I want you to understand there's a little bit of a difference here. All right, do we all speak with tongues? This has to do with prophecy because it comes right after this next part. Do we all interpret? Anybody who has been in Word of Faith Pentecostal circles or whatever, and you're in a place where people are together, there are some times where the Spirit of God is moving and there's actually a prophecy. There is a word that is given. Somebody speaks in tongues and somebody interprets that tongue. But it's in a specific place for a specific purpose and a specific time. This is not something we just go around and you're going downtown Birmingham, you're going walking around and you start speaking in tongues and then now we're going to just have an interpretation right here on the sidewalk. That's not the way that this is. This has to do with when the Spirit wills. Verse 31, it says, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more uh, excellent way. What is the best gift? Does anybody know what the best gift is out of all these gifts? It's the one that you need. The best gift is the one that you need at that time. And you know what? I've seen people that had never done anything else. We went. We were on. Uh, we were in Costa Rica, and I watched this little this little lady that was with us go and lay hands on this woman. And she got up, got up out of a wheelchair in the middle of a service. This woman had never done anything like that before. Some of y'all are going, that sounds weird. Well, yeah, it was, but it was cool all at the same time. (laughs) See, this is what I want you to understand is that when God himself is saying, go do something, it's for a time and a purpose. So what is the best gift? It's the one you need right this minute. All right, Paul is not talking in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about himself specifically. He's talking sort of like, People who desire more of God. Because that's what they're really talking about here. So for 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says, Though I speak 
with the tongue of men and angels, but I do not love. I have become a sounding brass and a clinging cymbal. And though I have, I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, but not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. It is long-suffering. Now, I want you to understand, we're going to get into a couple of things right here where he's telling us what the agape kind of love is. And what you have to understand is, is these are the fruits of the Spirit. This is what comes out of us if we allow God to use us in his gifts, the fruits of the Spirit. Not the gifts of the Spirit, but the fruits. Okay? Love is patient. That word is long-suffering and is kind. But this word and is not in the Greek. So essentially, love is patient, is kind. Kindness is patience. See, we separate those out and we'll go, love is patient. And you're going, well, what does patience look like? It's kindness. Well, then what does kindness look like? It's patience. Do you know that when we're patient with each other, I don't understand where you're coming from and you don't understand where I'm coming from. Do you know that these, the patience of God is showing love and kindness to each other? Amen? And it says right here, love is not envious. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things and believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things. Do you know that, that love itself has the ability to be in the midst of a situation that you don't want to be in and you still choose people and you still choose to love in the middle of the situation. That is the God kind of love because love never fails. You know that when our spiritual gifts are activated... When the fruit of the Spirit is activated in us, then we can love people even though they are unlovely. See, that's the beauty of love like God does because it is a choice. You know, I can be completely annoyed by what's going on and then all of a sudden I hear the Spirit of God go, but you got to love them. How many people have been in the middle of one of those situations? I've got some hands going up. Some of y'all are liars. But, <clears throat> you know, this is the thing. You've got to understand that everybody deals with people that they don't like to be around. But see, we need to understand that God's kind of love, the, the choice, is when I get to choose you and you get to choose me. Even though we may not understand each other, we may not agree with each other. You know, that's the beauty of God's love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 8, it says, Love never fails, but whether uh, they are in prophecies, they will fail. Whether they are in tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. I'm going to stop right there because this is the verse that all the cessationists use. Oh, see, Paul's saying that 
you know, when the perfect thing comes along that we no longer need the, the gifts of the Spirit. And that's not what it's saying here. See, the gifts of the Spirit means that you needed it for a purpose. See, when you needed the gifts of the Spirit, it was used for a particular purpose. See, people who say, well, you know, my gift is healing, or my gift is tongues, or my gift is whatever, I, I disagree with them. And let me tell you why I disagree. Because you can't do it on your own by yourself. And see, you will have a, I may have some sort of a prophecy for someone. I may have something that I'm supposed to tell someone. I may have a tongue. I may have a healing where I lay hands on people, but it's going to cease. That means that once God tells me to do that thing, that's not for me to decide. When God tells me to do it again, that's when I do it again. See, all of these things has nothing to do with me. It has to do with him. And see, when we take that context and we understand who God is and where he's going and how he's wanting to work in your life, then you start going, wait a minute, God didn't tell me to do anything. What am I supposed to do? If God doesn't tell you to do anything, what are you supposed to do? Nothing. Man, you guys are sharp this morning. I really appreciate that. So it says right here, but verse 10, it says, But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. What is perfect? Perfect thing is, is that it's complete. This word perfect actually means whole and complete. And see, this is what we have to understand is that when God uses something and he's doing something in your life or somebody else's life, when that's complete, we reset. We're going to start over somewhere else. Because God has a purpose and a plan for that particular thing. And when it's done and complete, he's not just going, well, you're just walking around laying hands on everybody. See, this is one of the things. Love, love is one of those things that's always active. It never fails. It never stops. It never ceases. But the gifts of the Spirit is for a purpose and a particular time. And it says here in verse 12, it says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then, then I shall know just as I am known. And now abideth, that word abideth here means to live or to dwell. Faith, hope, and love. But of these three, but the greatest of these is love. See, I want you to understand is that faith, hope, and love... They are a, a stepping stone. The first is love. See, in fact, that word actually means elder. It means it was there first. And see, love itself is something that when you actually are rooted and grounded in God's love, you know that God chose you. You know He has put you here for a purpose. You know that you have, you are a part of His family. You've been adopted into the family. When you know that, Man, it gives you what is called hope, which is confidence. Do you know that in confidence, it means that I, I know something's going to happen? How many people has had confidence in something? You know that the moment that you got saved, 
And this is the funny thing. I find people all the time that says, well, I'm saved and I'm confident I'm going to heaven. Awesome. That's great. And then you go, well, you've got a problem in your life. Do you think God's going to come through? Well, I'm not really sure what his will is. What? His will is life more abundantly. Life more abundantly is his will. Now, let me ask you a question. If God's will is there for you, can you have a confidence in something? Well, then when you have that confidence and it has been grown in you, then what is faith? Faith is the trust. It is the evidence of the things that are not seen that are going to come to pass in your life. It means that once you are so rooted and grounded in love that you have the confidence that God loves you and you have a confidence in His promises, then now you just trust Him. You start walking in Him. Man, there should have been shouting. Y'all should have gotten up, run around in here. Woo! Hallelujah! Should have been amazing. But see, that's what happens is a lot of times we sit there and go, I still haven't gotten the confidence. You know why? Because we didn't go back to number one. We need to every single day know that God loves us. He has chosen us. He has sent his own son to be with us. And once we finally know that he sent his promises, his word has come to heal us. Go read his word because in his word, he's going to tell you what his promises are. First Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, we were healed. That means you're already healed. You're going, well, I don't feel healed. Well, guess what? You're healed. He did it at the cross. He ain't going to go back to the cross for you again. He's already done it. It's already happened. All you got to do is say, I believe it. And I walk in it. Do you know that in everything that we do, there is a love, a confidence, and then a trust. And you may go, Dusty, well, I don't know about that. If you ever got married, how many people have gotten married? All right, you loved them. Then you had a confidence. Typically, that was going to be when you got engaged, right? I have a confidence they're going to keep showing up. All right? And then the trust piece of this is going to be, I actually went to the altar, and we're going to go live our life. You started walking in it, right? Well, the same thing happens for every single thing. See, this is a spiritual principle but it also manifests in a physical principle every time we know that we can choose it and that we have confidence in it then we're going to walk in it how many people are experts at your job anybody i don't see a whole lot of hands up here okay do you know that in i'll just use me okay You know, they say 10,000 hours makes you an expert. Well, for the last last 20 years of my life, I did cybersecurity for the power company. I was brought, like, to all of these, the the Department of Defense and uh, Department of Energy, uh, NERC, and all these other places, and I would go and speak, and they would ask me to speak. You know why? Because they saw what I did for 20 years and then they said, I've got a confidence that what you're doing, everybody else needs to know how to do it. So I want you to show people how to trust in the method. 
You know, that's the same way in your own life. Every single thing that you do in life, you're building confidence. You're building confidence in it. And then you're trusting in it. You know, I know people who they did their job for, for 50 years and they just knew what to do. You know, I, I, look, I look around and like my dad worked for a long time in the meat business. And he would tell you, uh, I'm going to write credits for this, which basically means that he was going to write it off, you know, for, for meat. And then he would go, but on this, I'm going to actually do this other thing. And he goes, but people aren't doing it that way nowadays. But if we did that, it would cause these certain things to happen. You know why? I would listen to him talk and I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't a meat salesman for 40-something years. Well, the same thing happens in our life with Jesus. Every single day we get up and we say, you know what works for me is that I get up and I read my word. I know that he loves me because his word says so. I know that I am confident in the things that he has called me to do because he said so. Guess what? Now I'm going to live it out in my life. You know, I had a friend of ours that called us the other night. And he was telling me about his about things that was going on. And he was asking us to pray for him. You know, one of the things about this is, is that he needed somebody to love on him. He needed somebody to tell him he could do it. He needed somebody that said, and the Lord popped it up in my head and he said, that you are called according to your purpose. Romans 8, 29, that we're called according to your purpose. You know, Romans 8, 28, a lot of people love 8, 28. Everybody knows what 8, 28, he works all things together for the good of those who love him. But then it says, and called according to their purpose. You know, the thing is, if you're not in your purpose, it's hard to work it out. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, guess what? It ain't going to work out. But if you're doing it according to your purpose, then God's got you. He's going, hey, I'm going to make sure that gets done because you're following the call. What is the call? Was it when I was a, a baby? You know, the Lord said, I've, I've, I've anointed Dusty to do these things. And I've anointed Heather to do these things. And I've anointed Shay to do these things. And Brock to do these. No. You know that the older I get, my calls come in like this. It's God going, will you go do it? And I go, oh, do I have to do it, Lord? And he goes, yeah, you got to do it. See, a call is not, oh, the angels started singing. And it was like, you're going to start Identity Church. And I go, yes, praise the Lord. No, that's not the way it happened. It was slowly but surely over time, I knew that I was supposed to be doing this. And see, God is slowly over time telling you, you're supposed to be doing this. You have a call. You have a purpose. And see, God wants to work it out in you. First is love, then hope is built out of love, and then faith is formed from that confidence. You just start walking in it. And this is the last one. How about that? We're at the end. We're going to have some chicken. How many people like chicken? Oh, I got everybody raised their hand on that. Woo. Maybe I should have started with that. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue or press forward towards love. 
It means in love, go after it in every single thing that you do. And it says, and desire spiritual gifts. This word desire in the Greek means to be zealous or to covet them. So you're saying, Dusty, that I'm supposed to be zealous or, or I'm supposed to covet some sort of gifts? Absolutely. Do you know that you may be the only Jesus some people actually ever see? You know that you need to say, Lord, use me in this situation because they need help and they don't even know how to get to help. You know, I, I run into people all the time. They don't know they're loved and so they have no confidence and they definitely don't have any faith. And when you start talking to them and you start looking at them, they need hope. So you start loving on them and you start praying for them. And you know what's so funny about this is that I've seen miracles, things that weren't the way they were supposed to be, come to pass. And it says right here, but especially that you prophesy. Oh, now we're going to get in that weird stuff. You're going to start telling people that you're going to move to a little hut out in the middle of nowhere. And you're going to live out there for the rest of your life. How many people want to receive that right now? And Jesus, I'll come down, I'll lay some hands on you. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Sonia, you're going to go out and live in a hut. And you're going to go talk to the pygmies out in the middle of Africa. Well, that's not, that's not prophecy because it tells us right here, this word prophecy is, is the Greek word to speak by divine inspiration. Now, let me ask you a question. If it's divine inspiration, do you think the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus all know about the same things? Okay, so if I'm talking and the Holy Spirit's talking to me about somebody else, he's also talking to them. And so we need to covet this idealism. Lord, when I'm talking to Jason or when I'm talking to anybody, Lord, help me to have the words to speak to their heart. See, prophecy doesn't become so scary when we start thinking about that. Because I can actually speak into your life by the Holy Spirit and it is divinely inspired, and it's not Dusty's words, because Dusty doesn't know what to say to you. Dusty is, is just like you. He's like, I, I don't know what to say. Man, that sounds bad. Woo, why did you even tell me? Now i got to think about that. But see, if we're all under divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit trying to put something in our hearts, that means that the moment that it hits your heart, and when somebody is talking to you through the divine inspiration, man, it just changes your life. You start getting what is called hope. You start having a confidence that God has your back and that He is in control. See, that's what we should be striving for every single day. Everybody in here, I want you to say this with me. I, I covet, covet prophecy. I, I'm going to tell you, if you start covenant prophecy, you're going to start speaking into people's lives and you're going to see people changed. This is not just something for Dusty. This ain't for whoever your super duper is on television. This is for you. God has this gift for you. 
And you can go and speak to people's hearts. And you'll say things you're like, the Lord told me to tell you this. And you just tell me if this is weird. The first couple times I went and I was talking to somebody, I said, I feel, I didn't even, I, I still to this day, sometimes I don't even say, I mean, that's fine. Don't do it. Don't go tell everybody, oh, the Lord told me to tell you. But you can go up and you can say something by the Spirit of God and it can penetrate their heart. It can be the, the thing that gives them hope and an answer and puts them on the right path. Because the Holy Spirit, through all the minutia, through all the things that's been going on, has been trying to talk to them. But guess what? Some of the louder things in the world have been trying to drown it out. Everybody bow your head. Close your eyes. Do you know God has a purpose and a plan for your life? He wants you to be so loved that you have so much confidence and that you trust in His Word so much that the gifts of the Spirit, that they are able to be used, the ones that are needed, the best gift, that they're the ones that you're going to be able to use every single time that is needed. But you have to be willing to go, Lord, use me. Lord, I am so in love with you and I have so much confidence in you that I want to step out and be in that faith. I want to lay hands on the sick and I want to see them recover. I want to, I want to prophesy. I want to, I want to divinely speak into people's lives in a way that they have never seen before. And that they know that the Holy Spirit was the one that was backing them the whole time. Father, we want to do it with you. We don't want to do it without you. And right now, I just pray over each and every person. I thank you, Father, that you are just giving them a, an understanding about the things that, that they are being called to do. That each person in here has had a call. You are still working through a call and you're still praying about a call. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that they say yes. I pray that they say yes, that they go out and talk to the person at their work <coughs> that has, that has the, the issues that are their sandpaper person that rubs them the wrong way, Father, because you've told them to go say something to them. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that there is opportunities where not only can they preach the gospel about Jesus, but they can also teach people and, and help people in all the things that they need taught and help with, Father. And we just thank you for it. I pray that people are coming across their path this week in Jesus' name. Father, I pray over this food that we're about to receive. May it nurture our bodies. I ask you sanctify it and I praise you for it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. If you have need for prayer, I will be down here at the front. I hope to see you out there at the fellowship. Thank you.